All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We love your word, and we want to learn more about you tonight. So help us as we study in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know if anybody cares about this one or not. We'll just go on to the next one. Um, well, we can, in case he ever asks about it again, we can all tell him we found out. Tell okay, him. well, all right. Let's not tell him. Let's learn it. Here's what you say. You say, that, that probably, you just tell him this, that probably was the most glorious presentation on a Hebrew phrase we have seen since, since Pastor Charles has been here. It was unbelievable. Like Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it was so overwhelming. I forgot the whole thing. <laughs> well, okay, it's ha, and that's a breather. That's a, no breath. I mean, it's just a breather, so it's you forget that. Ah, Rafael, Rafael. The root is ah, Raf, Araf. Here's what ha means thee, but in the context it, it speaks of gloom, gloomy thickness, thick, a thick cloud, a thick gloom, or an opaque thickness. I think I translated it opaque thickness. I think that's how I translated it last week, and that's what caused the... The, the root means to drop or to drop down, so that means that here's what it means. The glory of God, which was too much for anybody, was by the design, will, and purpose of God shrouded by a thickness that comes down. Moses is going up, thickness is coming down. So that everybody, including Moses, would be protected from the direct presence of God but God could still speak to him. Opaque. Opaque means you can't see through it. That's what it means. It means it's, it's, it's the opposite of, of, uh, of clarity. I mean, opaque means you cannot see through it. Uh, it's just a generic kind of term. So it was a thickness that one could not see through. And I think that's how I translated opaque thickness. The picture is this, unique to this. I think some people were trying to compare this with some other event in the Bible or whatever. No, y'all don't remember as much as I do, do you? It was a real meaningful moment in class, I can tell him. Uh, but I think, I think the best thing to see this as is... Um, Two things. God letting only Moses be his mediator, which was obvious. And number two, everybody was protected from the direct deadly appearance of the Almighty. And God did that with a, with a specially designed opaque thickness or a thick gloom. And it was because... Because of the root word, rough, it was coming down. It was just coming down. Uh, a form of that word is used like rain falling down. Might have been. I'd have to go back and look. It might have been like used with manna 
Could have been used with uh, manna falling down. But it means to drop, drop down or drip down. And contextually, this, this means the descending opaque or gloomy thickness of the veil that uh, encased the glory of God into which Moses was called. He was called into that thick veil. All right? Is, it, is that it? Is that far enough? Is that good enough? All right. Yeah, I guess, I guess for, for Moses, the best way to describe it would be a, a cloud or something. Uh, like fog. I mean, like fog, fog, probably. You can't see. Uh, Charlton Heston is dead, or he could explain it to us. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, and it wouldn't get you dead because you didn't you didn't want to peek behind the fog. I mean, you know. Uh, okay. For the next couple of three chapters, uh, we've been to the Ten Commandments. This just continues. The laws. This is the covenant. This is called the Book of the Covenant. We see that later on uh, in in Moses' writings. This is just a series of laws that tell God's people how uh, to behave and what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, uh, and how they are to uh, uh, make remuneration or how punishment is to be administered or whatever. So this is just, now these laws are just for Israel. These are his elect people. But that, that said... It establishes for the rest of us who weren't there at that time, it establishes for us a principle of fairness and justice and compassion. This is what is revealed in this whole thing, that God wants his, he wants to show them that he's compassionate. He wants them to be compassionate with one another. He wants them to be fair and he wants them to be just. Now these laws are civil laws, criminal laws, and ceremonial laws. And that's what we'll see. It doesn't stop with chapter 21 tonight in Exodus. It goes on for another couple or three chapters. The first section are the laws that concern servants. Now let's talk about the economy and the society of the day, the social setting of the day. In, uh, the word servant can also be can also be translated slave, but it means that you it means that you that you owe the man, and he will extract payment. That's what it means. In any society, you will have people, and how they got that way is another story. You know. How did Abraham get to be the Lord over his own household? And it was a massive household. He somewhat came, came out that way from Ur of the Chaldees, but he, it grew, of course, the blessings of God. And you and I, from a spiritual standpoint, would say in an era where there were no police forces, there weren't any highway patrol, there was no National Guard, 
and nations were scattered and he would he would be out there in the phantom zone between nation states city states and he's wealthy and he has all this you know animals were legal tender that's like money in the bank in those days um so how is he going to protect his assets and 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 how is he protected he who carries the promise of the Christ so he has this massive household and we learn in Genesis for example that he had trained servants who were ready to go to war if they needed to go to war uh they were they were trained in a lot of different ways they were that you know they could they understood the the land they understood animal husbandry they understood uh, all kind of stuff so let's say that i'm out here and i just don't have what abraham has but i'd like to be protected too my little family and and my stuff so i sell myself in service to abraham in a in a fourth cousin kind of a way it's like hiring people and signing them to a contract and you expect them you expect both parties to fulfill the contract um it was it was servitude in those days it's it's different today now there there is another there 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 is a cruel form of slavery we're all familiar with that and i'm sure that to some degree from time to time that cruel form of slavery existed but people had human rights and we're going to see this god protected the servants and of course he protected the master of the servants as well they had an investment how how could someone become a servant well we're looking ahead now into Deuteron- leviticus and deuteronomy and all but um very poor people could sell their children to the house to the to a wealthy household where the agreement was that these children would be cared for but they would be literally property of the master of the household um that's one way indebtedness a person could not handle his debt he would sell himself to cover his debt um he could uh, he could have gotten in some sort of civil trouble and there would be households equipped to take people who had committed misdemeanors felons under the law of Moses generally were killed there was no place for a felon to keep living and uh, generally speaking um in, under the law of Moses so there are other ways but uh generally it would be people who couldn't afford really to care for themselves i mean land ownership was something until they get to the promised land they didn't have any land so they have to there some great household would have a way for for supplying food and and shelter and and other services if you could think of for example the household of moses and especially even beyond that even above that the the mobile israelite nation on their way to canaan uh, they uh 
They are a city. They are a big city on the move. You're looking at two to three million people here. So, you know, there had to be there had to be medical help. There had to be something to keep you busy. It, it's, it's not right for a person not to be kept busy uh, and productive. So people, husbands and wives, all would be productive in some kind of way. Uh, even children, when they get to a certain age, would, would begin to learn how to apply a trade um, and be useful in the overall uh, economy of the thing, but there was there was there was a master of the household somewhere. He had made an investment. He had he had won a war. He inherited it. Somehow, he has a big household, and the size of households would vary. But within that household, he had servants. Uh, this is I mean you know you, as I said earlier, it wasn't. It wasn't a world in which somebody could just go into a city and start applying for a job. You just didn't do that. It was not possible. It, the, the, the society and culture of the day wasn't built like that. It's just a totally different thing. But, you know, it, it, worked. it worked to a certain extent, and this is, how, this is how the Israelites started out. So what are the laws... Concerning the servants. Let's look at them. These are the ordinances that you shall set before them. Should you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall work for six years. In the seventh year, he should go out to freedom without charge. Okay. Didn't matter what it was. He was only obligated for six years. Um, the, the seventh year of the sabbatical year, you know, that was a year. That, that, that very popular seventh year, that's when things rested and so forth. So in the case of a slave or a servant, uh, the seventh year, no charge. You've had him in his service for six years, he's free to go. If he comes in alone, he goes out alone. If he's a married man, his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the woman and her children shall belong to her master and he shall go out alone. Well, that's kind of tough. Uh, but um, it's, you know, it's, to look at it from, from a, a harshly realistic standpoint, the master of the household is a well-oiled engine, and the wife had something that she was expected to do, and the children perhaps... Uh, were, you know, okay, six years. They couldn't have been any older than six, right? Or five, five and a half. Um, but this was, this was a growth in his household, and so he had, he had provided shelter and food and everything else. He had an investment. But here's the deal. Next verse. Uh, I'm sorry. You're five. 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 I've lost verse five. five. Okay, I don't have my slide. Wait a minute. How did I lose? How did I lose my slide? Hmm. Well, that's the third mistake I've made this year. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't even bring my. Well, I could look at. Oh, it's okay. 
I'll do it the old-fashioned way here. And, and uh, yes, ma'am. Did they have to go? No. That's what verse 5 is going to be. Verse 5, but if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out as a free man. Then his master shall bring him to God. Then he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost, and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him permanently. Uh, Right, yeah. It was obvious now to everybody who looks at this guy that he from now on belongs to this household. He will he's gonna work there, that's where he's gonna stay, uh and his kids are gonna be there and, and so forth and so on. So uh, so there was a way for him to stay if he wanted to, but he didn't have to. All right, now I think I'm is that where I am now? Yeah. Now, if a man sells his daughter as a maidservant, she shall not go free as the slaves go free. If she is displeasing to her master who did not designate her for himself, then he shall enable her to be redeemed. He shall not rule over her to sell her to another person when he betrays her. And if he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her according to the law of the daughters of Israel. Uh, so there's a way out, but this 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 would have been a frequent thing. People to sell their daughters. Don't don't. I mean, I, I don't know. That's just the way it was. And probably in that culture in that day, women were always property, more or less. So if 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 he could find. If he could find a a kind Adon, a lord of a household, um, in that day, I could see how poor people would say, you know, this is going to be the best thing for her. We can't do anything for her. Um, Let's well, even today, in today's society, our daughter, we adopted her, she was abandoned. It's not uncommon in Korea that they abandon their female children because in that society, in the Korean society, the females can't work for a living where the boys can, so they abandon the girls herself. Hmm. And that's the way it is in the Korean society. And that, that's the way it is in most of the Eastern societies. They've never seen that Andy Griffith show where that girl was raised by that rough farmer and he was always m- making her be a boy. And what I say, Andy? What I say? Yeah, and then she got all that that girl that owned that drugstore dolled her up, you know. <laughs> he said, you get a lot more work out of these fellas courting her than you would her. You know? <laughs> uh, but to them, it was one less mouth to feed because right. they didn't earn an income. If he takes another wife for himself, he shall not diminish her sustenance, her clothing, or her marital relations. And if he does not do these three things for her, she shall go free without charge, without payment of money. But you can see she would still be at somewhat of a disadvantage, even if she, if if she, yeah. Um, 
But uh, I think I think the bottom line here is there was a recognition that people had rights regardless of who they were, albeit very basic rights. There was still to be compassion, and this is how the system worked in that day. No, they weren't. They weren't equal. Not not in not in this case. Um, uh, but at least they were acknowledged. What if they weren't acknowledged at all? You know, you remember what Jesus said about Moses writing a bill of divorcement. He said he had to do this because you people are so mean. You know, you would throw a woman out, and the only way she could support herself was just to become a an adulteress, a fornicator. That's the only way she could. So she had to be given a legal, some kind of legal rights, you know. The hardness, Jesus says, because of the hardness of your hearts that Moses did these things. So at least there was an, acknowledge, an acknowledgement of these, of these basic human rights, both, uh, and here it's, it's a special section uh, for, for, for the women. Okay, laws concerning personal injury or violence. One who strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death. But one who did not stalk him. Okay, so verse 12 is talking about premeditated murder. But one who did not stalk him, but Elohim brought it about into his hand. I will make a place for you to which he shall flee. All right. Self-defense, accidental manslaughter something. But if a man plots deliberately against his friend to slay him with cunning, even from my altar you shall take him to die. And one who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Uh, the, now this word to strike here doesn't mean to strike to death. It means that you mistreated your parents is what it means. And that was... Uh, that was a capital offense. You died for that. So here's a, the death penalty was imposed for premeditated murder. There were allowances for manslaughter, self-defense, uh, in other cases where a man killed another man. Uh, in, uh, now, let me say this too. These are guiding principles. You still... Israel would still have her magistrates, her judges, those, those separated that Moses had separated. But now they have principles that they can go by. Okay? And, and most of the time it would pretty much function on common sense. Uh, they could read what the law said. Well, in the case of, of manslaughter, okay, so you have a family bringing charges against a guy, you know, uh, and you have 14 witnesses that said, you know, he didn't mean to kill the guy. He was just using a pitchfork and throwing hay, and the guy got in his way, and he stabbed him, and the guy dropped dead. He didn't even know the guy was there. Well, there's a death, and something has to be done, but it wasn't premeditated murder. Uh, so they have something here. Uh, you know, I'll make a place for you. There, there was, <laughs> dare I say the word, phrase, sanctuary cities, uh, which, uh, <laughs> which, 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 comes into play it's this is clarified further in 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 Leviticus and in Deuteronomy and I intend to go there God willing uh, after this what Leviticus numbers 
But Leviticus would be next, right? Exodus, yeah, Leviticus. All right, so the rights of people with regard to self-defense, accidental death, um, the compassion for people, the death penalty for breaking the commandment about honoring father and mother. Well, it does leave so that your days might be long. So if you didn't honor your parents. Yeah, that'd shorten your days, wouldn't it? Oh, I didn't mean to live. I meant to live longer than this. All right, so uh, whoever kidnaps a man and sells him and he is found in his possession shall surely be put to death. When I was a kid, now I don't know how it is now. I'm not a lawyer. When I was a kid, I remember we discussed this in elementary school. There were two reasons for the death penalty. One was murder and the other was kidnapping. Uh, and I don't know, I don't think, I don't think you, I don't think you get killed for anything now. Um, but uh, kidnapping is obviously very serious, very serious. Kidnaps a man, sells him, found his possession. That's death penalty. And one who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Okay, now we've moved from striking to cursing his father and his mother. You remember they had that, uh, what was it, Corban or, uh, in, the, in the New Testament where they would, they would say that they had pledged something to the Lord so they wouldn't have to give it to their parents? <laughs> That's just tacky. Um, here's, but here, this shows you the depravity of the human mind. I'm going to figure a way out of this, you know. <laughs> Let me think about that for a minute. Right. They would pledge it. They would pledge. They wouldn't give it. They would. They would say this money is is covered by the Lord, you know. Uh, and then they, yeah. Well, when their parents were dead, it didn't matter then, you know. Okay. Um, and if men quarrel, and one strikes the other with a stone or with a fist, and he doesn't die, but he's confined to his bed, if he gets up and walks about outside on on his own, on his support, the assailant shall be cleared. He shall only give payment for his enforced idleness, and he shall provide for his cure. Okay, that's pretty clear, right? You get in a fight, you hit a guy with your fist, or even a weapon, a stone. You didn't kill him. Now, if you'd killed him, you'd be you'd, you're under another law. But if you didn't kill him, but you put him in the hospital, you got to pay his medical expenses, and you got to cover his expenses while he wasn't able to work. You got to pay his pay for the time he was confined to the bed. All right. Should a man strike his manservant or his maidservant with a rod, and that one die under his hand, he shall surely be avenged. Now this would be according to the family on how he would be avenged. But but if he uh, but if he survives for a day or or two day, or for two days, he shall not be avenged because he's his property. Let's see. Uh, and should men quarrel and hit a pregnant woman and she miscarries, but there's no fatality, he shall surely be punished. When the woman's husband makes demands of him, 
he shall give restitution according to the judge's orders. But if there is a fatality, ye shall give life for a life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a bruise for a bruise. Okay, he wasn't attacking the baby. He struck the woman. And because she miscarried, it was it was an unfortunate it was an unfortunate result of what he had done to the woman. And she miscarried. So that's not quite the same as murder. Um it would be the same, in my opinion, as manslaughter, maybe first-degree manslaughter. Uh, but uh, he attacked the woman and her, the, the baby that she was carrying died. Now, if the woman died, life for life, eye for eye, whatever happened to her, that's what's going to happen to the guy that struck her. If a man strikes the eye of his manservant or the eye of his maidservant and destroys it, he shall set him free in return for his eye. If he knocks out the tooth of his manservant or the tooth of his maidservant, he shall set him free in return for his tooth. Well, you know. I got a bad abscess over here. I'm probably going to lose it anyway. So I think you're just a flat blob and I don't like working for you. Hit me here. Hit me here. Quack. Stick a, I'm out of here, baby. Uh, for his eye or for his tooth would set his manservant or maidservant. Again, the compassion, the rights of people. Uh, God made sure that these things were attended to by his people. All right. Laws concerning animal control. If a bull gores a man or a, or a woman and that person dies, the bull shall be stoned, its flesh shall not be eaten, the owner of the bull is clear. But if it's habitually goring people since yesterday and the day before yesterday, in other words, it just keeps going, and the owner has been warned, but he didn't guard it, and it puts somebody to death, the bull shall be stoned, and the owner shall be put to death. Keep a short chain on your Rottweilers, right? Insofar as ransom, uh, let's see, that's where I got to. Insofar as ransom shall be levied upon him, he shall give the redemption of his soul according to all that is levied upon him. So obviously a person is responsible for a dangerous animal. All right, here's a good example. Okay, I'm a judge, and... Eleazar over here has a mean dog and it's big and it's bitten several people and he has been warned by heads of households and by elders of communities. Stop that thing. It's going to grab hold of one of our kids one of these days. And then he never did do anything. Maybe he laughed about it. Then sure enough, he gets loose and kills a child. What's going to happen to him? Well, it's not a bull, but it's still an animal that's a dangerous animal. So you can see how the judge would rule in the same way. You know, it's still an animal. Okay. Um, 
Or if it gores a young boy, young girl, according to this ordinance, shall be done to him. If the bull gores a manservant, maidservant, he shall give silver in the amount of 30 shekels to his master. The bull shall be stoned. If a person opens a pit or if a person digs a pit, doesn't cover it, and a bull or a donkey falls into it, uh, the owner of the pit shall pay. He shall return money to its owner, and the dead body shall be his. I don't know how many times I heard my daddy say, my ox is in the ditch. (laughs) And if a man's bull strikes his friend's bull and it dies, they shall set the live bull and divide, they shall sell the live bull and divide the money received for it, and they shall also divide the dead body. Or if it was known that it was a habitually goring bull since yesterday and the day before yesterday, and its owner doesn't watch it, he shall surely pay a bull for a bull, and the dead body shall be his. If a man steals a bull or a lamb and slaughters it or sells it, he shall pay five cattle for the bull or four sheep for the lamb. So fivefold for uh, the, the cow and fourfold for sheep. Um, and, and replace it that way. Well, this is just the beginning of the uh, of the civil and, and criminal code that uh, God has given to the people. Again, the basic thing to know is that God cares for the relationships of His people. He He cares about their prosperity, uh, about their livelihood, about their safety. Um, and so as, as fair as fair can be and still, allow the, and still allow the society to function in the world in which it existed, um, God begins to give this book of the covenant. It's what it's called later on in the writings of Moses, the book of the covenant. Okay, let's pray and we'll be done. Father, we love you. We marvel at how you take care of us in every way. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for its guidance, for what it teaches to us. And for the one to whom it leads us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.